0: Welcome to anyone that just hit the download button. I want to welcome you to the pilot episode. I want to welcome you to the first episode ever of The Hard Camera. This is a brainchild that I have uh, been putting into work for the last couple weeks. uh, Talking about what is pro wrestling to me. And pro wrestling is my number one passion in life. It is the one thing that has always been constant to me. I became a fan at a very young age and ever since then, it's helped me get through the toughest points of my life. If I'm feeling down, if I'm feeling low, if I feel I need a confidence boost, or even if I feel I need a laugh just to get me through the day, I throw on a wrestling match, and I'm, I'm in a whole nother world. So this was my brainchild to come up with to kind of just get my voice heard because I like I like talking to people. I like I love talking about wrestling to anybody. It could be my friend that I've been with for years. It could be the old Joe that's down at the supermarket or it could even be the crackhead Eddie down at the end of the street. If I see you wearing a wrestling shirt, hey man, let's talk about it because it's just something that it brings a nice little connection with anybody that is a wrestling fan. Wrestling fans are something that I've noticed that no matter what shape, size, color, anything you are, if you're a wrestling fan, you've got something to talk about. You've got a level. And so I want to get my opinions heard out there because I'm very opinionated. I'm I'm very modest when it comes to stuff talking about anything in life. But wrestling i'm cocky when it comes to it man i am the type of person that i am a walking encyclopedia i mean i may not be as knowledgeable as some people but i'm very up there with that and i'm very comfortable with that so with that being said i want to voice my opinion and let you guys hear what i think and hopefully you'll like it hopefully you'll enjoy it and hopefully you'll spread the word to other people so that i can get my name out there and get heard with that being said I had to have a partner. I had to find somebody that I could talk with about wrestling that was on the same level as me or even higher or whatever it be. And it's pretty cool because my personal life kind of melted into this and it kind of just the stars aligned and uh I met a new friend of mine that wanted that had that passion that I do that I feel every time that I put, turn on the the show or I turn on a pay-per-view or anything like that. And so I asked him to be a part of the show. And he was gung-ho for it. He was like, yeah, absolutely, let's do this. And it was so cool because me and him could sit there and have a 30-minute talk about wrestling, and it would be, we would talk about five years, six years of what happened in wrestling in that 30-minute time. So with us doing this show and doing 30 minutes to an hour, you know, every week or every two weeks, whichever we decide, I think that you guys are going to get a really good feel and a really good perspective on what makes us so passionate about this sport that has just succumbed our entire life. So with that being said, I want to introduce you guys to my friend, my new buddy, and my wrestling compadre. This is Mr. Cortland Ditto. What's up, Cortland?
1: Hey Levi, man. How you doing? Man, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to Talk about some wrestling, man.
0: I heard that, man. I can I can hear it, definitely. So, uh, man, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell the people out there that are listening, because I've had to talk with you, but I want them to grasp on the passion that you have for this sport. What got you into pro wrestling?
1: Man, i tell you what. I have been watching wrestling ever since. I think my eyeballs could even fathom what the TV was doing. Like, I just, my uh, aunt was into it. She showed me it. My mom got us into it. So ever since I was probably about five or six, I was dedicated to just watching what was going on on the weekends, no matter what. My mom had to turn it on so we could see what was going on.
0: Absolutely, man. I- I'm the same way. I've 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 watched it every day since I was a kid, and it and it's like even during the bad times, you you want to quit watching, but you just can't.
1: Oh no! It's 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 a must every week, every weekend, whenever it's on i have to watch it
0: absolutely so so you said that your aunt used to watch it is there a specific time like do you remember a specific moment at all like to where you were just maybe walking through the living room or something when's the first time that you remember really seeing pro wrestling
1: no that's a good question i'm glad you actually asked that because it just hit me i remember actually being at home this is before my aunt got me into it really big. But I remember my mom was flipping through the channels and I happened to be walking through the living room after dinner and I happened to just look over and I think it was the ultimate warrior I saw first that kind of caught my eye and it made me think, man, that guy's a big athlete. You know, what's he doing in there? You know, and it just. From there, just took off, man. It was awesome.
0: I heard that, man. Yeah, and you, you're you're a couple years older than me, so like our our generations, you were more. Whenever you got into it, you said the Ultimate Warrior and stuff like that. For me, it was I had a friend of mine that I used to go over there, and they'd take me to church and all that stuff. And afterwards, we would go back to the house and just play around the house and stuff like that. But I remember one time, I remember his dad was flipping through the channels and. I I don't know what caught my eye, but all I saw on the TV was this bald man with a goatee, and he was up on that that turnbuckle, and he's slamming two beer cans together, and he's chugging them beers, and I don't know what hit, I don't know what triggered me, but I was enthralled in it, but I only got maybe a split second of that because... He was they were a very Christian oriented family. So with wrestling, it was WCW, not WWF. It was they were oh, they didn't like the attitude. They didn't like the, the stuff. They wanted something the kids uh-huh. could watch, so we always watched WCW. But that was the first moment I could remember watching wrestling and I don't know, man. I I saw Stone Cold Steve Austin on that TV and I'll never forget it when he crashed in beer cans together. I was it's like, Gosh, it's like how like, old were you when that
1: happened? Huh? How old were you when that happened?
0: Oh man, I was probably 8 or 9. So it was man. probably about 98 or 99.
1: I thought I was way younger than you. <laughs>
0: oh no, man. No. No, I'm uh, I just turned 30 in April, so
1: <laughs> Lucky you. Um <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah, man. I mean, this is something that for me and Cortland both, this guys, this is something that has consumed our lives. We've gotten to the point and the cool thing about me and Cortland and i wasn't going to broadcast it but i kind of want to i want to brag on it a minute because courtland's daughter his his youngest little girl is actually you know in my family now we've we've kind of just our families have come together and everything and so she's got her dad who is a diehard, devote wrestling fan and then she's got her stepdad who is a Devote wrestling fan. So, it's cool because this, this you know, over the last month or so, she's become a wrestling fan. And it's so, so awesome. cool to see that go into the younger generation, for oh, yeah. sure.
1: You have no idea how awesome it feels to have. You know, one of my daughters, at least, want to be in the center and just watch wrestling you know what i mean like that's that's what i did that's what you did you know what i mean Absolutely. It's, just, it's awesome just to see that now
0: it is and and it's so cool because her birthday was a few weeks ago and mm-hmm. to for her to come to me and Cortland both and ask us and tell us that she wants wrestling action figures This little girl's nine years old and she's asking a nine-year-old little girl by the way is coming to us asking us for wrestling action figures
1: that's awesome oh man i love it I love
0: it. It's it, it is. It's great. So, guys, you got a little bit of a feel for me in Cortland. Uh, this is a this is a project that me and him are. Yes, it's my brainchild. It's it's something that I thought up, but this is a journey that me and him are ready to take together we're gonna go down the line we're gonna talk about stuff week after week and we're not just going to talk about WWE stuff we're going to talk about wrestling as a whole I mean I've watched everything from WWF to aew to NWA to WCW all the way back to the 50s during the Crockett promotions I mean we've watched we've watched it all so I think that Cortland I'm looking forward to this man I'm looking forward to this first episode and and I'm super stoked about yeah. this journey.
1: I was just gonna say before you, you know, dive in. I was gonna thank you, man, like for starting this, man. The hard camera, like, like you said, it's your brainchild. I, I Thank you for inviting me on this journey with you, man. I, I seriously, I really appreciate it. Thank you, man.
0: Hey, no problem, man. Whenever we whenever we first met, you know, it was I knew that you were a wrestling fan but I didn't know how big of a wrestling fan and then whenever we just started talking back and forth, I knew that starting this and going forward with it, there was nobody else that I would want to be a part of that because you me and you linked so good on so much stuff that we yes, were talking sir. about and so that's why I'm ready to announce that uh, we've been secretive about it so far. I haven't said much on the Facebook page about it, but but today's episode i figured with all the negativity that's going on in this world right now all the stuff that everybody deals with from the covid-19 to the the rioting to basically just the country being in turmoil we wanted to look upon something that was happy that was enjoyable and wrestling is great for that it's it's great to be happy about it's great to it has moments that you get attached to so today we are actually going to dive in to something that happened over the last week uh in professional wrestling and that was the retirement of the undertaker one of the greatest pro wrestlers one of the greatest characters to ever grace this game yeah we're gonna we're gonna talk about his life and legacy oh man I know man it, there's it's, a lot to talk about
1: there's so I mean this man's been doing it for 30 years in a wWE alone let's not forget Absolutely. he started. He was doing it before WWE. So, I mean, this man has been going for a while. So, that's why you're exactly right, Levi. There's so much to talk about.
0: Absolutely. And we are going to have a blast with it because I am I am super excited about this. And uh, we are going to take a short break right now so that you can hear a little word from our sponsors and get an idea of what other podcasts are out there. But when we come back, we're diving in to the life, the legacy, And the career that is. Oh yes, I am the reaper
1: of wayward souls. And now it's time for the phenomenon. Dead man walking.
0: The Undertaker. Yeah. I want to welcome everybody again to the Hard Camera. This is the camera in podcasting that everybody's going to be watching from here on out. Today, we're going to talk about Mark Calloway. We are going to talk about Mean Mark Callis. We're going to talk about the Dead Man, the Phenom, Big Evil, American Badass. We are talking about The Undertaker. Undertaker.
1: (laughs) Man, you named just about every single one of them there. I think you did.
0: Oh uh, yeah, I, I I went down the list. I may have missed missed a couple, but hey, hey. you know, I,
1: when I,
0: you've wrestled as long as him, you 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 can't ever get all the names right.
1: Oh no, you're you ain't lying there. I I remember one that was. Someone said he was the Punisher. So I looked it up and yeah, he was the Punisher too back in the day. That, <laughs> he's
0: went under every name you That could name
1: possibly. is so fitting. Think about it now, the Punisher. Woo.
0: Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, you you get a guy when you get a guy in front of you that is 6 foot 10, 330 pounds, That's a tower. I mean, wow. there's nothing you can say otherwise other than when you see that man standing toe to toe with another guy across the ring. He's gonna be a punisher, to say the least. You know how, how much you say weight again, Levi? Three hundred and thirty pounds.
1: You know when I watched all his, you know, modern matches, of course. Like there's a lot of moves he does that's powerful. I mean, come on. Oh, absolutely. But one that always would get me is when that leg drop on the side of the ring. Oh. When yeah. he comes with that three hundred something plus pounds, you said and those long legs coming to crash crashing down on your chest oh man yeah man imagine
0: it knocked that it knocked the wind out
1: of you yeah so when you said his weight just then that just made me think about that golly that makes that leg drop even more of a nightmare
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and that's that's the crazy thing about The Undertaker is a lot of people, you know, through his career, and that's one thing that always stuck in my head as I watched The Undertaker is his weight. Uh, I, right. I always remember every time they would announce him to the ring, it would be between 323 pounds and 331 pounds, so he was always within that that little range, but... To see a man that big, that's insane.
1: Oh, yeah. it, it really...
0: And it's pretty weird that I remember that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like... Yeah, that is. The,
1: that's why I'm like, whoa. Okay.
0: But I want to take you. I do want to take a minute. And Cortland knows the story because I told him about it. But I want to I wanna tell you guys a story about. Myself, And it goes back to, I can't remember the exact year. It was between the years of 99 and 2001. It was somewhere in that it was a big fog for me just because I had a lot going on personally. But my father and my mother divorced when I was really young. So we spent the whole time... You know, every weekend going to my dad's house and just, uh, my dad was the one that would let me watch wrestling all the time. And uh, I remember my dad living in St. Louis, Missouri. And on the weekends, whenever he would get me up and we would go do stuff, he'd always have something fun for me planned. I mean, whether it be going to the science museum, to the zoo, to anything like that, he would always take me to this little coffee shop on the corner on downtown and uh, and I remember one morning we went in there and I'm standing next to my dad in line and we're ordering and I see this man over in the corner and he's he's got sleeves he's got a bandana on he's he's got sunglasses on and of course anybody that would that is not a wrestling fan would look at a guy like that and be like oh he's probably a biker or hell why is he wearing you know sunglasses inside but me being the wrestling fan i am i kept looking at him i kept glancing at him glaring at him and i tugged my dad and i said dad is that the undertaker and my dad looked and he looked at me and he goes i don't know son let's go ask him so we walk up to this table and my dad asks him sir are you the undertaker and he kind of looks, he kind of smiles, he throws a little smirk on, but he's kind of, you can tell he's just, he's kind of standoffish at first because he's, he's, just, he's just trying to have his breakfast, you know. And uh, he said, yeah, I am. And he goes, my son is a huge fan of yours, and uh, he watches you all the time, and he's just, he really wanted to come over here and talk to you. So he says hi to me, he shakes my hand, and I ask him if I could take a picture with him. And he takes a picture with me. And we go to walk away. We're going to our table, and the undertaker looks at me and he says, "Where are you guys headed?" And my dad looked at him and he says, "Well, you know, we're going to go sit down and have our have our breakfast." He goes, "Well, why don't you have a seat here and I'll, you know, have have breakfast with me?" That man, that was not the undertaker that I was talking to that day. That was Mark Calloway. That was the. Man behind the phenom. He sat there and he talked with me for thirty minutes, oh, wow. just about just about everything. Man, I mean, he, he asked me how school was going. He asked me how uh, how I liked hanging out with my dad, and just talked to me on a personal level. And that I'm a firm believer that that moment in that moment it it made my love for professional wrestling quadruple because I saw that these guys were not just they were characters but they were people too they cared about the people and sure I've met some wrestlers over the years that were just real cockbags. which by the way let me go ahead and say this guys this is a TVMA show I am a cusser I am a I cuss like a fucking sailor so if you have sensitive ears you may want to just turn me down or something because this (laughs) this is definitely me unhinged that but absolutely and but it was, it was such a cool moment just to have somebody who didn't know me from Adam just knew that I was just a, a little wrestling fan who who grew up watching him on the TV set me down and just talked to me and this is why this episode is so special for me because I'm a firm believer that Undertaker is the reason that my wrestling fandom went from regular To complete obsession. It's awesome, man. For sure. For sure. So let's start with, uh, let's start with uh, mean Mark Callis. Let's start with The Undertaker, Cortland. Let me ask you when you hear the name The Undertaker, what's the first word that comes to mind?
1: The first word that comes to mind, well, it's kind of one word, but it has some dots in it. I mean, if I can use three, that's all right. Because it, it's yeah. really rest in peace. <laughs> Absolutely. Because when I think that, I just, I just think of that chilling voice saying that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, used to, yeah. I used to always go around the house all the time. You know what I mean? If I was wrestling with my brothers or something and I'd win, I'd say rest in peace. You know what I mean? i try my best <laughs> to do it just like him. You know what I mean? Yep. Do but, you remember but,
0: the first time you ever saw The Undertaker?
1: Oh, my gosh, man. I, I remember I was watching... SummerSlam, i think it was SummerSlam in 1990 when he debuted yeah
0: yeah yeah or well, no it's actually, survivor series it let was me Survivor take that series. back
1: yeah yeah survivor series i'm sorry i think that we actually rented that vhs tape back in the day i think that's how it was because i remember I, I i missed it and i think that we had gotten the vhs tape and watched it then but man when i saw that guy i thought man i'm just so freaked out but why is it so cool you know what i mean
0: <laughs> absolutely man so what so so when you saw him when you saw him at survivor series you say he was cool but was you immediately a fan
1: you know what? i think i think i was and it's weird because i think of it as like you know he's a scary person of this corporation but I, i'm little then right so i'm not really thinking it like that you know what i mean i'm thinking i'm just this kid that's just watching wrestling and, and i see this guy and i'm like man he's He's really scary, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm I'm a fan of horror films, too, you know what I mean? So I'm like, this is a guy that I can relate to. I can see him as this scary guy trying to scare all these big guys, you know what I mean? I need to keep an eye on this guy because he's awesome. He's cool. So, yeah. you know what I mean? And I was just pretty obsessed with, even back then, you know, his athleticism. He was just, yeah. you know what I mean? He'd walk to the ring slow, but man, he could running that ring.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I remember... Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, though. I'm a huge horror movie buff, and uh, I remember my mom came home one day, and she had bought me WrestleMania 14. And uh, if anybody remembers that, The Undertaker, that was the first match between Undertaker and Kane. And you know, you had the build up, you had the story. And I didn't I didn't know that around that time, that was whenever I was really still just a a new fan. Like I I had I knew the characters, I knew their names, but I didn't know stories. I didn't know anything like that. So my mom bought me WrestleMania 14 and they played the vignette before the Kane Undertaker match and they talked about how, you know, you had Paul Bearer's shrilling voice talking about Kane is here, Undertaker, he's coming for you and all this stuff. And when I saw that match, me being a horror movie fan, I was enthralled in it. Which oh, yeah. I I can I it may be bad for me to admit this during this episode, but I was more of a fan of Kane just because I guess he had the color, you know, he had the he had the red and black yeah. and everything. But I remember just watching that match and I, that was the match that every time I would watch that VHS and I wore that VHS out. But that was the match I'd go to. I'd watch that one every single time. And from then on, it was, it was the undertaker. It was, it was the undertaker and Kane, everything I wanted to do. If I was playing wrestling, it was, I was either undertaker or Kane. It was nobody else.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm with you there. I mean, I was always Kane or, you know, somebody else, but it, it, it might not have been the undertaker all the time because undertaker was always the one usually whooping my butt. So
0: <laughs> Yep, for sure. Hey, but that's not a bad guy to get your ass whooped by. No, no
1: it's not.
0: <laughs> so, so, we got The Undertaker, all right? he's He came in in Survivor Series in 1990, completely ran roughshod through all of WWE. I mean, this guy was... He took this character to the whole new level. You had the, the dead man. You had this... I mean, you had this scary persona. And so, when you start watching taker's career and he's going down through all these people and he starts the wrestlemania streak out of all the matches in the wrestlemania streak what's what's the one that you remember first
1: oh my gosh man there's so many Uh, you go first
0: (laughs) well mine mine I, I just mentioned it it would definitely have to be wrestlemania 14 oh really did.
1: wrestlemania 14 I mean, that would oh, be okay.
0: that would be the first one that i really just remember and it's still out of all of his matches in wrestlemania it still is in my top five favorite oh, yeah. mania matches of his
1: do you remember wrestlemania 12
0: with uh him and was that the one where he faced jake the snake
1: no that was the one uh where he faced diesel
0: yeah yeah
1: that that one was the one right there because that's they had the overhead camera shot above the ring that wrestlemania so i don't know just his athleticism two big guys in the ring right there man i think that's the time where he did he wear a mask then I'm against think diesel
0: he, i don't think he did maybe
1: that was maybe that was back then when they had like yokozuna crushing his face when, yeah yeah okay yeah. yeah that was back then okay but i think he had, may have had his face done up a different way because you know we've seen the many different faces of the undertaker Oh, absolutely! And man, that match just gave me
0: chills. (laughs) And that's another reason why Mania fourteen is is sticks out in my head for that for the Undertaker is because what I think what drew drew me into him was me being a horror movie fan. Bram Stoker's Dracula is one of my favorite all time films, and uh, in that film, you had the the just. Gary Oldman looking like a crazy just mess as Dracula, you know, with the the big hair and the big cape and everything. Well, Taker came to Mania 14 wearing that big black hood, that Dracula style hood oh, to yeah. the ring. Yeah. And I think that's what really I think that's what really just drew me in because like I said, with me being such a Dracula fan and him associating that, I was like, "Man, this guy's
1: fucking awesome yeah <laughs> that, that, that costume was pretty awesome man. that's pretty dope uh,
0: oh yeah so you have you have taker you have his mania streak there's there's so many accolades that we talk about with taker that you you can't name them all uh the guy's been in the game for we'll even say i mean the guy wrestled we'll say 40 years upwards to 40 yeah, years yeah. and some of his accolades I mean in the WWE alone, we're amazing. I mean, he's a he's a three-time World Heavyweight Champion, a four-time WWE Champion, a six-time WWE Tag Team Champion. He's run, won the Royal Rumble once, and then the biggest accolade of all is he has the longest WrestleMania streak. Ever. He went what, 21 and 0 before?
1: Yep, yep. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's unprecedented. Could you imagine doing 21 years?
1: oh yeah and i'm trying to think of the wrestlemania where they actually and it's bad i don't know this the wrestlemania where they caught on you know that hey there's a streak going
0: oh okay i can't even tell you that one i think it was i know that in mania 14
1: they didn't know they didn't mention it i Uh, just remember going man he's one i mean when they i mean when it was mentioned you know i was like wait a minute son of a bitch he did When the year before that and the year before that, you know what I mean? When I caught on myself, when I really started paying attention to myself, I was like, whoa, okay. They're announcing this. How many has it been?
0: And I could be wrong, but I even remember his match at Mania 19. And I don't even remember them mentioning a streak then either.
1: Huh. Huh. Yeah.
0: No, man. That's that's when you know you've got a good conversation going. when You both just step back and say, huh.
1: I mean, that guy owned everything he did. I mean, he's a good heel. He's a good baby face. I mean, the Ministry of Darkness thing, that was genius. You know what I mean? That's and my
0: favorite. That's my favorite rendition of The Undertaker
1: ever. Right. And I like the American Badass because it actually gave you a glimpse of what he's really like beyond the Phenom. You know what I mean? So that Absolutely. was pretty cool, too. So
0: Absolutely. But, yeah, man, I mean, and even look at the—when you talk about the streak— Look at the names this man has beaten. I mean, he's beaten in WrestleMania a who's who of professional wrestling. Oh, yeah. Like, I could sit there and rattle off just names of just matches that I enjoyed. I mean, and Taker, the good thing about Taker was in his prime, he could make a paper sack look good. Yeah. Like, I mean, really who can who can honestly say that they went into a wrestling match with Giant Gonzalez and actually made that a favorite match? <laughs> but you you got I mean you him versus Big Boss Man mm-hmm. at WrestleMania 15. Then you've got him versus A Train and Big Show at WrestleMania Nightlight he's making and and i'm not knocking any of these guys names these these guys are just people that whenever i think of them it's hard to come up with a a a match that i really enjoyed from them and that's just personal preference
1: listen i was i'm still shocked that when he beat superfly jimmy snooker okay like that was insane i think
0: his first in his first mania yeah
1: i mean i was just like okay here this guy is you know debuting he's creepy see how he does and then bam like, what?
0: Yeah. beat probably one of the biggest wrestlers to ever grace the ring. That's I mean, crazy.
1: he even faced a young, you know, upstart in Randy Orton at the time. You know what I mean? And Randy Orton oh, was that. well good into his career then. And that match was phenomenal. I mean, I think that one's at tw- 21, maybe.
0: I love, I love that. I love that rivalry. Yeah. I love, that rivalry was awesome. Not only because I, I am a huge Taker fan, but because... Number two on my favorite of all time list, Randy Orton stands at that because he has been the guy that I've watched from the very first day that he came into the company all the way up until right now, and the Legend Killer was one of my favorite personas Ever in wrestling,
1: I agree with you there, but like, so such a powerful guy, man. Like, I just every time I, I'm thinking of his name now, and you told me to say, What's one thing that comes to your mind? And I'm just like hit with so many things, you know what I mean? Like, when you think of The Undertaker, it's so sad to me, kind of because you know, well, it's bittersweet for sure, but it's just like you don't want to let him go, but you know, he needs to go for the better,
0: absolutely, man. And that's that, that was the thing for me, you know. Uh, Watching, you know, you lead up to the streak. You, you, I started, you know, I grew up watching the streak every year. And the good thing, the good thing about the streak, growing up watching the streak, was I got to live my childhood. And as I matured, I got to watch that streak mature and I got to see it from a different light with every single year that passed by. So, you know, when I first start watching the streak, I start watching. You know, him versus Jimmy Superfly Snooker, him versus Jake the Snake Roberts, him versus uh, you know, Diesel. I'm seeing it from a fan's perspective because I'm like, oh yeah, Undertaker kick him in the head, you know. And I'm I'm seeing it as just a cool moment. But then, with as you get to the older opponents, Kane, Boss Man, uh, Big Show, Ric Flair, Triple H. With those times I started looking into I, I started learning the, the the ways of the business and the the pretty much the ins and outs of it. So I started looking at it from I guess a popular term in wrestling fandom would be uh, from a smart mark you know perspective. And it was just cool to see that because then you see you know takers getting older. So you want to see if he can hold up to what he did last year. Gosh,
1: man, it's, I'm seeing all my old heroes, you know, coming and going. And it's, it's crazy, you know,
0: it is, man. It's so crazy. And especially growing up in the era that we're growing up, Yeah, man, it's, it's sad. And then you, you see one end and then you start thinking that, you know, you shouldn't think about it, but you start thinking about the next name.
1: Yeah. I mean, think about who's. I mean, I guess Kane doesn't really do much anymore. Still got Randy Orton blast, Big Show sometimes, and Triple H, and that's about it, right?
0: Yeah. Here's a crazy thought that I had the other day. Think about this. Taker has outlasted everyone. 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 As far as his longevity and being in there and still going, you know, 20, 30-minute matches he's outlasted everybody and staying with Every. the company
1: 30 years straight.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so you've got you've got Stone Cold Steve Austin who is who's who was there and is the was the biggest draw ever in the history of the business. He's gone. Then you have got the Rock, who's the great one. He's the guy that he he was the he was the poster boy for professional wrestling for WWE for years. He's gone. Then you got Shawn Michaels, who is the greatest in-ring performer of all time. He's gone. Then you, it just, the list just keeps going on and on. Oh, yeah. And then what's the constants? What's the one constant that stays? The Undertaker. And and I and and this is coming from a guy who I was that guy. I was that guy looking at the TV and saying, just retire. Just quit. Just go home. Just stop. Because I didn't want. I didn't want to think those negative thoughts of the Undertaker. I didn't want to sit there and say. I didn't want to ever have to use the Undertaker's name and washed up in one sentence.
1: It was. I was really torn, you know, because my adult self, right? Like you're saying, it was saying the same thing, but the kid in me is going, God, what's he gonna do next year, WrestleMania? What's he gonna do next year, at WrestleMania? Because we know he's not gonna be coming back, you know, for Raw and SmackDown sporadically anymore. You know what I mean? What's he gonna do next year? So, but yeah, you're right. The adult, I mean, you know, with me, even me being older, you know, we used to wrestle ourselves. You know what I mean? Can our bodies still go on ten, fifteen nights alone? You know what I mean? Can they? So
0: and look at and look at how long we wrestled, and look at how our bodies are now. Yeah. Could you imagine if we would have did it for 30 years?
1: Oh, my gosh. That's amazing, man.
0: That's a testament to the the type of man and the type of performer that he is. Oh, yeah. Easily. So, we've talked about the streak. We've talked about all the accolades that The Undertaker has come across and everything. Here's the question I want to know from you,
1: Cortland. What was your thoughts the night the streak ended? Oh, my gosh, man. I let's just say i really wasn't ready for that i mean i was pretty in sync with everybody else's expressions in the audience especially the one guy in the white shirt whose <laughs> eyes were about to pop out of his head because yep. that was me too like i could not believe that i think wasn't there a, didn't they show a guy actually crying too oh absolutely. i think i saw in the documentary yeah he was crying i mean like that's what i felt like i wanted to do like i just could not believe it and for brock lesnar being the incredible athlete that he is you know he's one of the biggest draws in wwe history but when you have a heel like that you know that his magnitude beat someone to undertaker you know what i mean it's a big baby face right everyone loves him that's he's that's just how he's gonna go out and you have brock lesnar beat him man and oh my gosh i I think i I think I lost my breath. I think I just gasped really loud, you know, I was like, <gasps> you know, I was well, like,
0: it's actually funny. Cause with me, when the streak ended, I actually got to experience the emotions, the raw emotions twice oh. the night that it happened. I was hammered drunk. <laughs> was, oh man. I was at, I was at show me's in Paducah, Kentucky and I was hammered. And oh yeah. You
1: I were having a good time there. Huh? I said, if you're at Show Me's, you're having a good time there on a WrestleMania night.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it was cool because that was probably the only place around in town that you could go watch WrestleMania.
1: Oh, yeah, and, for sure.
0: Uh, I remember, man, just when I was... And you know, when you're drunk, you, you your emotions are all... You get the raw emotions, but they're to a thousand, you know. And so I was just distraught. I was pissed off at the world. But then I woke up the next day. And rewatched it. And then I got my full emotions that
1: nice of, sober. <laughs>
0: yeah, that, that sober mentality of emotions. Right. So so I got the I got the emotions from the alcohol to where I was just pissed off that everybody else was pissed off. And then I woke up and got my actual wrestling fan emotions. And I just I just remember when it happened, the silence in the crowd. Like it took me back. Like, it, it it literally made me just... For one, it made me, as a fan, it made me upset because I didn't want to see The Undertaker streak end. Nobody did. But then also, when you look at it from a... From... If you watch the crowd and you watch how silent they were and how distraught they were, it gave you a new respect for the business. It gave you a new respect as a wrestling fan because you saw that a company that came from nothing can have an impact on that many people it's insane and the undertaker is a part of that he got to be a part of that and that's why i think that and this isn't this is an unpopular opinion but they that was the perfect time to end the streak
1: it might yeah it might have been I, like i said I, I was so torn because i was i was such big shock because it's the streak it's like you said you do, it's a streak you don't want it to end but then yeah. when it comes time to okay this guy has to retire sometime. is it going to end with him losing one and if it is who should it be who is it going to be yeah that's what i kept going with and i thought never thought it would be Brock Lesnar.
0: well let me let me put it to into perspective for you like this and see what you think about it so think about it this way all right, so Taker comes. Taker comes into the WWE. He's he's the Dead Man. He's the creepy crypt keeper guy. So then, and he's talked about it in his documentaries. He said that he fe- he didn't want his character to get stale. So what does he do then? He morphs into the menis- Ministry of Darkness. He morphs into the the Satanic Undertaker to keep from getting his character. Washed down, all right. So then, that starts to get watered down. What does he do? He leaves and he becomes the American badass. So that keeps his character from getting watered down. Then he then he becomes Big Evil, where that keeps that character from getting watered down. And then he becomes the Dead Man again. So you've already fell in love with the character of of old that you that you first fell in love with. Well, then he had been wrestling, so. When you start to feel your character getting watered down and you have nothing else to change to, what's the best, what better way than to reignite the flame of your character than to make the people sympathize with you. So when you feel like you're getting watered down, and I I do feel like that, Taker was at a dark spot there. He was starting to decline on health. He was starting to, I mean, his looks were starting to decline. I mean, hence why he had that mohawk at WrestleMania 30. So to keep you from becoming a parody of yourself or getting to the point to where you are watered down, take the streak. And make the fans feel sorry for you to get behind you.
1: Yeah, that's some, that's pretty stru- uh, smart character strategy there. I mean,
0: and that may but, have not been what the thought was. You know, that's just the way that I. I mean, hey, it. that
1: that's that's a good way of looking at it. it. Really is.
0: But yeah, man. Now my next question: Do you feel that Brock was the right choice to end the streak?
1: See, that's where I was going back to thinking. Like I was shocked that it was I was shocked that it happened, and I guess I was also shocked that it had to be him. And it may have been my wrestling self inside of me, my wrestling fan and me going, Man, it was a big hill. He you know, gosh dang Brock Lesnar for beating this you know, messing the streak up. But I I really wanted it to be somebody else, not Brock. I just don't think that it may have been the right time, like you said though, Levi, it might have been the right time. But as far as it being Brock is the right guy. I don't know. It, it may see I'm, I'm torn.
0: <laughs> so the next question that I ask, and I have this debate with a lot of people, because this is something that I, I, I feel very strongly about. I will sit there and I will back Brock Lesnar with almost anybody because I look at it from the standpoint that yes, he's hated. Yes. He's despised, but man, he puts asses in the seats. every time so my next question to you is who could it have been who other than Brock
1: and other than Brock
0: believably on a believable level because you know that in pro wrestling it's all about trying to stick as close to the belt and be as believable as possible who would have been who who could have been believable
1: at, at that time at that age or at any you know
0: just to, just as so just to look at it from a perspective of you got a six foot 10 330 pound man who is considered to be dead who is a dead man who who is more believable
1: man, I, man that's that's really hard because I want to say someone from that era you know what I mean which I don't my, I wouldn't mind if it was actually Roman reigns. That's another thing I was gonna say.
0: Okay. You know, he's yeah, a, I
1: can see. Four-time Reigns. champ. You know what I mean? He's the next. It'd be like Andre, how he passed the torch to Hulk Hogan. You know, during that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So uh, if it was someone you know today, then I'd say Roman Reigns. But if it had to be someone from that era who is still capable, then I would say The Rock. I would say somehow Triple H. You know, into getting to a, get a storyline well, you've beat me this many times. you beat my best friends, but. You know, it is going to be over. I'm going to make sure you're done. You, It's just over for both of you. You know what I mean? If anything like yeah. that into the storyline. Yeah. But yeah.
0: And guys, I want to I want to go ahead and put a disclaimer on this show right now. I'm grinning ear to ear right now because when me and Cortland were talking about doing this episode, I told him to take notes, but I told him not to take very many notes. <laughs> and I'm loving it because I'm stumping him with these questions. Yeah, like, you <laughs> really are
1: like, man, talk about the hard camera. And this is <laughs> and the that's hard... what we do. <laughs> yeah, I love it, man. I'm, I'm glad to be here, though.
0: I, hey, I am too, man. I'm having a good time. But so we get the streak. We get we end the streak. Lesnar has Lesnar's shot to the moon. That man is is to this day the career that he's had from WrestleMania 30 to now. You can't thank anybody else other than the Undertaker
1: uh, at all. He's he's just that leader, man. No matter what you take error after error and he's been that leader and he's earned the right for sure oh you damn right he has
0: like you i mean the only other person that i could think of that could even remotely be close to where the undertaker is as far as his position in the company his relationship in the company is triple h And that's because they never left. You can't look at, you can't look at, every wrestler that's come in, you can't look at anybody and say, well, I saw him on, an or, you know, I didn't see him on another show. I didn't see him in this promotion. I didn't see him doing this. I mean, there's only the two wrestlers that I can think of in the whole company are... Triple H and The Undertaker that I've never seen on another wrestling show. And that's that's a testament to the loyalty. That's a testament to the to the drive. That's a testament to everything that is The Undertaker. He is WWE.
1: I tell you what, loyalty is key in a locker room, man.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: If you can come in and show up to work and no matter what, win, lose, or draw, just come in and do your job and have fun. That's all anybody can really ask of you
0: absolutely, and that's that's another thing that I, that I really loved that WWE has done with The Undertaker is you, he stayed in character for so long, he stayed in character he was The Undertaker for so long, and then you get, fast forward to past all of the stuff that's happened then fast forward to what has happened in the last two months of our lives you get this five part documentary about The Undertaker about his last ride, about the the last five years of his career, which even in the documentary they'll tell you it wasn't that shiny of a five years. Right. But you got to look at the man that is The Undertaker, not the character. You got to look at the man, and that was so cool because he went for so long being in character you never saw him on camera outside of wrestling you never saw him do anything
1: he did he was always dark you know what i mean like he had the dark colors too yeah Had the face he didn't smile
0: and then you get this you get this opening you get this this just spotlight on mark calloway and you got to know the actual man behind the character And that was so awesome. It was so cool. And there were so many matches that I wanted to hear him talk about. I mean, I wanted to hear him talk about his relationship with Kane. I wanted to hear him talk about his relationship with Triple H. But one of the ones I wanted to hear, and I was chomping at the bit whenever that episode came out. I wanted to hear what kind of thoughts were going through his head when he had that shit show with Goldberg at freaking Saudi Arabia.
1: He had the thought, man. It was almost lights out. Like it was. Dude. I mean, Goldberg had already yeah. gave himself a concussion anyway by slamming his head into the the ring post. Which I'm Goldberg sure
0: Goldberg is a walking fucking concussion.
1: <laughs> let mean, me
0: say, and, and let me say this, guys. I am not a Goldberg fan at all. And so you will never hear me say a positive word about that man.
1: Oh man, it'd be so interesting to get on the podcast of the Go talking about Goldberg with Levi. Then that sounds sounds like it'd be. Oh bro, it'd
0: be a, it'd be. I mean, it'd (laughs) It'd be be a a short show. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be a roast. I would completely (laughs) rip him limb for limb. You know.
1: Oh my god, I would have been so pissed at him after that.
0: Oh man, how could you not be? All right, you've got one of the last living dream matches that was able to happen. And then Goldberg's dumbass decides he's gonna headbutt the pole, like man. And then he's gonna then he's gonna just pick the Undertaker up, and you can't tell me that that man couldn't pick the Undertaker up for a jackhammer. He picked up fucking Big Show. Yeah, he did. I mean, and you tell me that you you're gonna drop Mark Calloway, the fucking Undertaker. You're gonna almost break his neck by dropping that man on his head
1: and i mean i'm with you i like goldberg but i guess i don't like him that much to where i would have cared to see that you know admitted dream match but i'd have to say i mean can i ask you a question levi i mean absolutely what what would be your dream match for the undertaker or or has it already happened in your eyes
0: Mm, that's hard man um
1: because i tell you mine real fast and what is it? It would be him and Sting,
0: and that's a popular choice. That's the choice that everybody you know leans towards, and it would have been awesome. But that's a match that I would have wanted to see in their prime.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely in their prime.
0: Anywhere afterwards,
1: yeah, definitely in their prime. If for it to happen now, it'd have to be a little bit more, you know. Well, I guess it, I don't want to say something mean when I say cinematic, but you know, it have to be something like that to where they don't have to push their bodies that much
0: yeah absolutely but as for me man ah that's that's just so hard because a lot of my dream matches for taker have happened and i'm glad you asked that question because i'm going to bring up a match and it's so hard for me to put any name next to undertaker for a dream match after seeing Shawn michaels versus undertaker at wrestlemania 25
1: you ain't never lied uh, like man totally that, agree it, with it, it,
0: you you watch that, and when you have two people in the ring like that, and a match goes that well, everybody else you just scared are gonna fall short if they go up against those people.
1: I totally agree with you, so yeah,
0: sure. so as far as my dream match goes, man, I'd have to say it's already happened, I think taker and Sean was the epitome of showcasing what both
1: wrestlers were. It's for one, sure. Uh, it's definitely one of the top matches for The Undertaker, especially as a WrestleMania-type moment. Like both, both both matches with Shawn Michaels.
0: Absolutely. Now, if we are talking about just dream matches, one that I would love to see, I would love to see him and AJ Styles in an actual wrestling match, but I would be scared that I, it would have to be Taker and his prime.
1: Yeah. Because,
0: because... Taker now versus AJ Styles now the Boneyard match was the best way you could possibly showcase that match.
1: Prime Taker man and prime AJ in a match talk about I mean that Boneyard match was already jam packed high energy but I'm talking like taking it to the next level man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh I mean, but but here's my question: Which AJ Styles are you putting against that Undertaker? Because that man's been in his prime for like 30 years.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. I want to say, out. well, I mean, honestly, I probably say AJ Styles in his first reign as champion when he was with TNA.
0: When they had the NWA belt.
1: No, when he was uh, in TNA.
0: Yeah, back. When oh he yeah, was yeah, yeah, moment. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I agree with that. Around yeah. the time he was feuding with Daniels and uh, Samoa Joe.
1: Yeah, that's when he yeah. first popped off, man. I was yeah, excited man. for him right then. I was really excited for him.
0: That'd be good. That'd be good. But there is, there's tons, of, there's tons of Undertaker matches that I would love to see. Not just because of a match standpoint, but from a mind game standpoint. Because that's something that Taker has always, always had me enthralled in. His mind game strategies were just awesome. Like, one of my favorite, one of my, if you could get put me in a mind game strategy, just feud. Just to watch the build up to the actual match. And not worry about if the match was good or not. One of my dream matches would definitely be Undertaker versus Raven. Really? Yeah, man. I mean, think about it. Raven's career, that man was, his vignettes were the best thing that, that you could put out. And he's one of the smartest men, as far as the pro wrestling business goes, walking God's green earth. So, to see the Undertaker's, you know, mystique and his mind games compared to Raven's, to where Raven is doing the whole serotonin or the Clockwork Orange House of Fun or anything oh, yeah. like that.
1: Yeah, you're right. I'd have to say you're right on that.
0: That'd be awesome, man. The build-up alone would be awesome.
1: Both the Raven, nevermore, man.
0: Yeah, man. And I'm a huge uh, Raven fan. So, like, I'll talk about him a lot in future shows. But, yeah, man, there's so many cool... Undertaker is just the total package. And it, and, it, and I, it, I can't stress that enough. Like, you talk about anything about a wrestler. You talk about a build-up to a match. You have a whole list of names that you could put with the Undertaker. You talk about an actual match. You have a whole list of names for the Undertaker. You talk about characters that would go toe-to-toe with the Undertaker. You have a whole list of names. Like, it's, it's just nonstop. So, with that being said... My question to you, Cortland, is who's your favorite Undertaker opponent of all time?
1: Favorite Undertaker opponent of all time. See, that's, man, I'd have to say uh, I really like, of course, we just talked about Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker. Shawn Michaels is one of my favorites growing up anyway. So that's definitely a given. But I don't know. It may sound weird to you, Levi, but I really like. The matches and the feud that he had with Shane McMahon.
0: Oh, it doesn't sound weird to me at all, man. Shane is.
1: Everyone thinks Shane, you know, oh, he's just the boss's son. You know, he wasn't there much. He was. I mean, Shane did a lot back in that Attitude Era, man. You, I back mean, he was really an active now. wrestler. <laughs> yeah, he was a really and and people don't really think how active he was back then, but he was really active. And mm-hmm. the, his feud with the Undertaker, man, especially with the Corporate Ministry after that thing fell apart, man, it was awesome.
0: Oh, absolutely! I mean, you can't you can't deny it at all. I mean, shit! Look at their Hell in a Cell match they had at WrestleMania oh, a few years back. Shane threw himself off the cell. Yeah, that's the first guy since since Undertaker threw mankind off at King of the Ring. That's
1: <laughs> yeah, true. Those, uh, I mean, th- those guys they had they had good Hell in a Cell match. They had good promos on each other like it was just the, the whole build up absolutely man.
0: man that's a good answer and that was not the, the answer I was expecting
1: yeah see that's how I was like man I hope this doesn't throw anybody off but
0: no hey we, we don't give a damn about throwing anybody off <laughs> if they don't like if they don't like the answer then they can get the hell over it
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're talking here shit
0: Yep, but man that, that is that's a good answer and I, I that's awesome that's that's a really good answer
1: who were you gonna say
0: oh man uh I'm still trying to think on that um, yeah. but if I had to best opponent of all time for taker, I loved anything anything I didn't care what it was whether he was the whether he was the ministry of darkness, American badass, dead man, whatever I loved anything he did with triple h, yeah, loved it. Uh, they always had an amazing match all the way leading up to the end of the era. Like that was it was just so cool. And to to go from their first, you know, real showcase match at WrestleMania eighteen all the way to end of an era. Yeah. It just seemed like it all came full circle. You know what I mean?
1: That's why it made and, it sense for it to be called end of an era, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think that uh, anytime they were wrestling each other. It just him and between him and Austin, the, t- Triple H and Austin are probably my two choices.
1: Triple H and Austin.
0: Yeah, I think I think Austin was I loved anything that Taker and Austin did. Yeah. But that would be my that would probably be my choices.
1: That's a good answers too, man.
0: But you got me, you got me like doing circles here because I'm <laughs> like, damn, him and Shane were really good. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> really were, man. I'm telling you, go back and look now.
0: There. Here's my here's my one of the final questions I got for you to talk about the Undertaker. And I think this is a real cool way to kinda start winding down the show, but give me two matches. Two matches that really just made you an Undertaker fan. Like just if, if you think about two matches that just pop for you for what Undertaker is as a whole. What are they?
1: I'll tell you what. Oh, man. That's a good one. I'm Uh, full of them,
0: man. I'm coming coming with the loaded questions.
1: Question. Okay. Well, one for sure would have to be him against mankind. The broiler. How do you say it? The broiler room match? the broiler room brawl. That right there made me such a believer because you had that good feud, the good lead up with him and mankind anyway but just to see two characters like that two dark characters go at it like that and especially in a, a room like that like just how i don't know just how it was live was just it was incredible
0: i always uh, loved the boiler room oh balls. yeah i thought they were awesome
1: but is that weird that's one of the matches
0: kind of weird that see? that was not an answer I'm, i was expecting see? but I'm, hey, I'm, I like throwing, it.
1: I'm throwing all the weirdness <laughs> stuff at you yeah, I'm, 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 I'm old school now. <laughs> yeah, man, you got to, you got
0: to, I'm hitting you with the hard-hitting questions. You got to hit me back with something.
1: <laughs> and, uh, man, it's just the matches with Shawn Michaels, I just keep going back to those. I, the athleticism, the agility, the whole charisma through the promos, like, everything was within that whole starting to come to an end of the era line, so.
0: Absolutely, and it was cool because. One thing that really made me like the Michaels feud was that you could tell in that moment, in those moments, that it was all about one-upping each other through the entire match. Like... If Sean did something, you could tell the next sequence that Taker was trying to keep up, and he was pushing himself. So they were constantly pushing each other to be better, and that's whenever the stars aligned, and that's uh, that's that's when the magic happened. Oh yeah, those are good answers, man. Those really? are, those are really good answers. I know
1: I'm throwing you some loops out there, but hey, expect the unexpected, Levi. <laughs> hey, that's,
0: what I, that's what I like, man. I want the I want what Sting says. You know, the only thing certain about the hard camera is
1: nothing's for certain. Oh man, that's one of my favorite quotes by him. I did the crow thing. <laughs> that is, those are good answers. Though. I know we're talking mine about are... the Undertaker, but we're gonna have to have a sting date too.
0: <laughs> hey, we can do a sting date, man. I can get, I can get behind some sting, but that mine are a little bit mine are a little bit left field whenever it comes to Taker. Um, my matches number one, and this one will shock: the Undertaker versus Jeff Hardy on Raw for the undisputed title in the
1: latter match. You know what? I think I think I was there for that. Like live. Live, because that was my first raw. It was in D.C. Was it That's in D.C.? Awesome. Yeah, that was my cousin took us. It was me, Courtney, my twin brother Courtney, and my cousin, and we would all went. And I remember the build-up to that, and yeah. Nope, that's first
0: awesome, one. man, because yeah. that, that match is so special to me because I was a huge Jeff Hardy fan as a kid because I was so small, and he was the smaller guy hanging with the, the big dogs, you know? Oh, yeah. And that was the first match ever that Taker broke character for, and it showed his passion for the business because he beat the holy fuck out of Jeff Hardy that yeah, entire did. match and just seeing after he wins after he pulls down that 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 undisputed title and he's he's walking off and you have Jeff getting up and he walks down beats the shit out of him again then he goes to leave again and you hear jeff get on there with his damn puberty squeak going on going you will not break me taker (laughs) like and then he comes back down and what's he do he breaks character because he was a heel at the time taker was actually the heel american badass at that time
1: when he raised his hand i was like whoa
0: yeah and he looked at him and he says you're a crazy son of a bitch yeah, he and did. he gets out of the room ring and walks off that was such a cool moment because you saw the passion that he had for the wrestling business and the respect that he had for anybody willing to break their body for that that business so that was definitely
1: hey man def- a good answer
0: yeah, that was definitely one of my favorite taker moments. The other one, and I would have to say, just because of the buildup, just because of the buildup and the the allowing of the the opponent going to the personal level that they did in that, I'd have to say him and AJ for the Boneyard match. It was. Because you had you had this you had Taker who was who was very very private very secretive about what he was got going on in his personal life uh for so long nobody knew he was actually married to Michelle McCool you know and then you let AJ Styles go out there and cut a fucking amazing promo about, you know, Michelle's going to run you into the ground and I'm going to help her and all this stuff. It it added that personal feel of the man that you weren't supposed to get personal with. It allowed you to get personal with The Undertaker. And that build-up alone to what was a great played-out match in the Boneyard match, that solidifies The Undertaker to me.
1: Oh, yeah, Levi. That's seriously, like, right on point. Like, that... As far as in Undertaker, the character, man, you had a taste of everything right then and there. You had a taste of the dead man. You had a taste of American Badass. You had a taste of himself, Mark Calloway, because like you said, AJ cut that good promo and brought the personal life cross into that. So, man, that's that was a perfect answer for that.
0: Yeah and I, and, I, and that is that's what the that's what the Undertaker ended up being to me and and I, and I will say it guys I did I took a lot of what he said in the last ride and and about that match and it did play but I loved the match when I saw it I knew where they were going with it and the fact that Undertaker solidified what I wanted to what I had put into my thoughts in that match it just made it 10 times better and so that is that's probably one of my favorite just moments from the undertaker that made me an even bigger fan
1: and i swear if you haven't seen the documentary the last ride that five part series man everyone definitely hell, watch that
0: hell yeah and if you got some tissues you better grab them too
1: cause i know that's quick. right i know that's right
0: but so So we've talked about The Undertaker. We've been on this show for about an hour and ten minutes now, which has been fucking awesome and phenomenal. But uh, let's... So we've talked about Mark Calloway. We've talked about The Undertaker. We've talked about his Ministry of Darkness days. We've talked about everything that you can talk about that is the legacy of this man. The last thing that I do ask is, Cortland, do we... Every wrestling fan, present, future, past, they have a Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling. And it's four names that you talk about that just solidify the sport for you. Does The Undertaker rank on your Mount Rushmore?
1: He certainly does. He's definitely on that. He's definitely one of four
0: absolutely so so tell me what we know the undertaker's one of them who's the other three and give me the reason why each of these names are on your on your mount rushmore
1: i'm so glad you asked that because you know what i was thinking about this earlier i was thinking this question's gonna pop up because it always pops up so i was thinking number one would definitely have to be him number two i would have to say be the heartbreak kid Shawn michaels and the reason why is because look at this i mean look at the heart he has Look at his longevity and loyalty loyalty to the company. He's a phenomenal athlete. Just, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of. Well, I'll get to that in a second because he's he's on my Mount Rushmore too. But so yeah, Shawn Michaels and I'll go ahead because I know we're probably limited on time here, but would be Randy Savage.
0: Oh man, we ain't on lim- We ain't on limited time. Okay. Thing, I make my okay. own time around here. Oh okay, okay.
1: <laughs> hey, well, we got time, man. All right, but I would definitely have to say. Macho Man Randy Savage, and we all know how colorful he was. It was just something that caught your attention. But what I was getting ready to say about Shawn Michaels is that flying elbow. I've been a big fan of the flying elbow ever since my independent wrestling days. And just to have two superstars that I think are on my top round, Mount Rushmore doing that move, like that, that's pretty awesome. So we got okay, the so Undertaker. your
0: fourth name ain't gonna be Velveteen Dream, right?
1: Oh, my gosh. See, why did I think you're going to say... No, it's not going to be Velveteen Dream. <laughs> it would have to be myself if we're going to talk about elbows. No, I mean... <laughs> um, no, I think my fourth one definitely have to be... And it's kind of controversial. You mean, know, so many names. You know, you got Hulk Hogan, who's like a pioneer. But Ugh. it's going to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. It was a toss-up hey, between at all. him and The Rock. But, you know, it's definitely Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like you said earlier, he was one of the top sellers of the company of all time of all time you know so and if you know, it not be so crazy because you say this not rushmore wouldn't it be so awesome to have all four of them as like a survivor series team <laughs> traditional style
0: <laughs> man that'd be awesome could you imagine the clashing of the egos oh my
1: and gosh. all that stuff oh my gosh you know all the vo- <laughs> got the voices and you got, the, got yeah. the takers so i mean and you got the athleticism like this would be such a badass team look at me go <laughs> yeah, i man. heard that those are man. definitely that's, my four
0: that's good man it's it's i knew i knew macho man was gonna be on there because i've known. been told by numerous people that you are a die hard macho man randy savage fan die hard i heard that and i i will say that uh i love macho man and uh he still holds the title in my book for the best documentary that wwe's put out on a wrestler
1: oh man i got it on dvd
0: I heard that. I heard that. Well, definitely, our our Mount Rushmore is very, very similar, um, and for a lot of the similar reasons, mine mine absolutely is. Uh, you got the Undertaker because he's the best character of all time. There's nobody. The man lived his character. Fabe was, kayfabe was life for this man. And for anybody listening that is not a wrestling fan, if you're just listening to hear our beautiful voices, (laughs) kayfabe is actually uh, a term used in professional wrestling for not breaking character, for staying in character, for constantly being that character no matter if you're in the ring, if you're out, whether you're dressed in gear or you're not. So when you hear... That a character broke kayfabe, it's that it's it's insinuating that they broke character either during a match or afterwards. But that's that's that was life for Taker. Taker lived kayfabe. He was he was a char- he was the character twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. The question that I do ask though is, with him living that character, do you think he rose up out of bed every morning like he did in the ring? <laughs> <laughs> you really went there.
1: You really went there. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I'm so dead over here over that. That's hilarious. <laughs>
0: Pun intended, right?
1: Oh, my gosh. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's he's got to be on that, that Mount Rushmore for his character ability and being the greatest character that has ever lived in the pro- sport of professional wrestling. Okay. All right. So then my second one is the showstopper is the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. And the reason for that is he is the best in-ring performer of all time, I, there well, I is no question. Mania. No She'll question that yeah, he's he is he is the greatest in ring performer. He is the greatest wrestler of all time. And I will say this and stress this because I was actually talking to my girlfriend about it earlier. There is a wrestler that is making his way up that ladder. And could possibly one day surpass Shawn Michaels on my Mount Rushmore, but not any day soon. And that's Uh-oh. the phenomenal one, AJ
1: Styles. Hey, that's that's. I have a picture with AJ Styles, so <laughs> I think I a every time
0: I signed by him.
1: And <laughs> I see that picture of me actually standing right next to him. Like, um, I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm with you on the feeling on that. Like, he he could definitely be on the Mount Rushmore
0: absolutely because if he goes if he keeps going down the tracks that he's going because he has no signs of slowing down he is the greatest wrestler walking on two feet right now no question and that's why i, I stressed earlier i said he's climbing the ladder i don't see him surpassing Shawn michaels anytime soon because i am and a diehard Shawn michaels fan but there is a possibility. Um, number three on my list would be Stone Cold Steve Austin, who is number one on my favorite wrestlers of all time, easily, because he was the biggest draw ever in the history of wrestling. Ever. Like, he, he's he's larger than life, and he didn't win. And there is a reason. When you have, when you can, you get a pop when you get a crowd reaction named after you in the wrestling world, that's when you know you've made it.
1: I'd have to say number one entrance theme of all time.
0: Oh, it's definitely up there. I mean, the Undertaker
1: yeah. is up there. We're talking about him, of course, you know, main points, person of the show, but Stone Cold's, man, when that glass breaks. Oh, whoop. yeah. Easily, but man, when you
0: and and for and once again, for the people out there listening that are not wrestling fans, okay, you've got when a crowd reacts, it's called a pop, and it's it's when the crowd cheers and just goes crazy and stone cold. If you want to see a pop. A real pop. Go back and watch anything from Stone Cold Steve Austin in the from the years of 1998 all the way to 2003. Go back and watch any time his he came out, and they call that when the crowd, when every crowd member is on their feet blowing the roof off the building they call that a stone cold pop in the wrestling world so when you have a pop named after you you have to be on the mount rushmore
1: i should imagine that pop every night just you know how you've gone to the ring before just feeling that moment right there
0: oh absolutely man i couldn't imagine i could not imagine that could you imagine cheering for one wrestler because i know you've been in the crowd with cheering for one wrestler and being exhausted after it
1: yeah right (laughs) this is great levi i mean you, you put some wrestling terms out there, you know, with pop and kayfabe. So, I, I mean, everyone listening, you know, you're going to be hearing some, you know, terms that, you know, you'd probably see in a wrestling glossary. So, just, you know, Levi explained it. So, that's what's up.
0: Absolutely, man. So, then that brings me to my fourth and final member of my Mount Rushmore. And this is on a lot of people's. But mine, he's got to be
1: Come on. Come on, Levi. We're three for three.
0: Yeah, hey, we, we're not gonna be we're not gonna be four for four. That's where we, we. But my fourth member is the Nature Boy Ric Flair because that man solidifies wrestling. Like if you if you watch, you can watch any wrestling promotion, any in the world, and you'll see that man's face. You'll hear that man mentioned. That man is pro wrestling. He took it to new heights in the seventies. Whenever he was at his at his peak. He's been relevant, above relevant, every year since then in any promotion he's ever been to, and that man took kayfabe to the next level because he is still, to this day, on, you know, June 28th of 2020, he is still the limousine-riding, jet-flying, wheel-and-dealing son of a gun. Oh, yeah. Like, he is. And... If that don't if that don't make you if that don't make you respect what he did for the business and what the business did for him, nothing
1: will. He's like one of the Godfathers of the business. Absolutely. And we didn't go four for four there, Levi. But you know, Macho Man and Ric Flair had some pretty good matches together. Absolutely. I mean, even though he did beat him for the WWF World Title uh, at WrestleMania Eight back in the day, but you know. They have some good matches.
0: <laughs> I think if you look at their win-loss records uh, in WCW, I think we'll see who the, who the guy uh, should see, be up there is.
1: See, I knew you were going to go there.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, man, this is uh, – that's it, guys. That's our Mount Rushmore. That is – this is – you got a taste of what me and Cortland have to come and have to offer for this show going forward, and I, this has been a blast. I hope you've had half as much fun as I have
1: yeah thank you man levi for having me on here
0: ain't no problem man you better awesome. get used to it hopefully you won't uh
1: don't choke up next time oh no man and hey don't ask hard questions i mean golly i know it's the hard camera but i know you're gonna stump me like that tonight
0: oh bro you better just get ready for that i'm gonna come at you hard and fast with that stuff
1: i'll be more prepared next time trust me
0: (laughs) (laughs) well guys i want to thank everyone who hit the download button um i hope that you guys will listen to this show and i hope that you will pass the word on to anybody because that's one thing that that i really wanted to start this episode with i wanted to start this episode with something that everybody could get behind and listen to and enjoy because guys the Undertaker he's he's an icon. He, everybody knows him. It doesn't matter if you're a wrestling fan, it doesn't matter if you're a basketball fan, sports fan, days of our lives fan. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah, everybody, everybody knows who The Undertaker is. So, when you hear about The Undertaker retiring, Hopefully, you'll want to listen to our show. Hopefully, you'll want to just take a step into our minds and and hear what we have to say about one of the greatest characters, wrestlers, and entertainers to ever grace an amazing sport that is professional wrestling. So, guys, I want to thank you all for listening, and I hope to see you guys on there next time. This is it for me and Cortland at the Hard Camera, and remember, that's how we roll. Good
1: night, guys.